Rhino, I got to be honest with you, buddy. How you doing? I think this last week almost broke me. I uh, I definitely had some choice words for my television set uh, after watching some of the breakdowns that we saw from this team. But uh, it put a smile on my face after Sunday's win against Pittsburgh. I'm hoping for good vibes the rest of the week, Chad. Man, do yeah. we need it. We definitely need it. Two straight walk-off losses is not a recipe for happiness for anybody. Um, but we have so much to talk about, so much activity up and down, um, coming from uh, AAA up into the big league team. We've got some pitching stars to talk about, which is fantastic. We've got some talks about uh, Joe Madden. We've got some talks about what you said, that Sunday night, incredible fun. You know, just so many kids having a great time, uh, and especially the biggest kid we have, Anthony Rizzo. Such a great show ahead. Yep, and don't forget, we also have our special seventh-inning stretch conductor this week, the one and only Mike Reese, the voice of Legend. Southern Illinois University and the Salukis. He's been the voice of the team since 1977. He might kill me for saying that, but he is a Hall <laughs> of Famer. We'll get into his life in baseball as well as his recent induction, Chad, into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. A really, really cool achievement for him. So stick around. The Friendly confine starts right now. First inning now, and Chad, oh my goodness, I forgot what it was like for the Cubs to win when it wasn't in Wrigley Field. Uh, But nonetheless, the Cubs take their first road series victory since May, taking two or three from the Pirates after just a glorious victory in the uh, Little League Classic. And uh, man, they needed that to finish up a four and six road trip. Um, not exactly what they wanted or had in mind. There were some definite heartbreakers in there, but at the end of the day, they finish up with a win and now they're able to at least head back to Wrigley, a place that they win plenty of games at. So, um, I was at least, uh, I guess, even though this was kind of a nightmarish road trip, um, at least they finished, uh, with a victory because when you can at least finish with a win on the road. Um, that always just can somewhat set the tone, I suppose, for your series when you come back home. But nonetheless, not the not the road trip that uh, no. any of us wanted. And, and it's sad. It's like, is that the bar now? I mean, you were like, we, hey, we want one at the end to come back. I, this is I, we may have like switched bodies because <laughs> I got to tell you, Rhino, um, this last week, um, I finally felt a little bit of 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 dread. I finally felt. Like, this last week almost broke me. And you're right. I mean, it's been since the National Series that I was at two of those those games, um, uh, the May 17th to the 19th. That's the last time the Cubs, this Cubs team, has won on the road. They're 0-10-2 in road series since that time. And they're, you know, they're 25-29 and 29 away. And, and to have two consecutive walk-off losses, that is what that, – that made me actually think like – and I'm the guy, dude, that – in you know, in 2012, I'm posting on, on Facebook after two wins, like, guys, we're going to – we're turning it around. I mean, I'm talking about historically bad teams. It's like nearing 100 losses, and I was still optimistic. I had a moment where my optimism waned. But you're right. You know, that win, even though it's against a horrible team, is a positive. It's something to build on. But 
you know, if they don't start winning on the road, this is going to be a very short season. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been saying that since day one. I mean, there's very few teams that you can point to that have actually been really, really good at home and crummy on the road and actually uh, were successful. And the only team that really you can point to is the 1987 Minnesota Twins, who yeah. were just dreadful on the road and had the best record at home, and they they pulled off a unbelievable yeah. uh, and improbable World Series championship. Yeah. So yeah, um, dozens and dozens of teams, 150 years of professional baseball, and you can choose one of them. So what right. that tells me exactly. is they've got to figure this out. And, and I guess what I'm going to say, I'm going to bring the opti- optimism back up. What is endearing or what is positive about endearing is not the right word, but positive about this team is they've not got on a run yet. And so if they're going to go on a run, you know, I've always said, get healthy, go on a run at the right time. So, hey, guys, we're ready for you guys to go on a run because this season has not been that fun. And we move on to the second inning and uh, lots of moves being made by this team. Players going up to the majors, down to AAA. Uh, So let's keep track of just kind of what has been going on. Craig Kimbrell back with the team. He pitched on Sunday against the Pirates, gave up that home run. Uh, in yeah. two thirds of an yeah. inning, wasn't exactly the outing that we were looking for. Uh, Mark Zagunis is also up from Iowa. Uh, okay. Had the best nickname on his jersey as he was goon at the back. Just uh, <laughs> FYI on that. Dwayne Underwood is now back in Iowa along with Albert Elmora Jr. The team says that this is just a way to get him more at bats. Um, Elmora, let's be honest, he wasn't exactly hitting the cover off the ball, so. Uh, maybe this is for the best. And then the Cubs also uh, brought Brandon Kinsler off the IL, which he was easily their most uh, consistent reliever up until he had gone on the IL. So good to have him back. And last but not least, Addison Russell is back with the big league club after being recalled from Iowa. So uh, Chad, lots of moves being made uh, just more for health reasons. These guys are, you know, back on the roster. But, um, you know, overall, these, these guys just need to start producing. It's, it's one thing if they're on the roster, but if they're not doing anything to produce, then it's really going to be all for naught anyway. Yeah, you know, and, and, and one big name, one big uh, piece of news that came out on Monday, you're letting me to, to, to break this, but Bodie has been sent down as well. And so with the neutral site game on Sunday night, people were wondering what the corresponding move is, but David Bodie is, is now going down to AAA. The, the, the Cubs were able to carry an extra player because it was a neutral site, kind of a, a special game. But, you know, it was really interesting over the weekend you had, because uh, you didn't mention, you know, Zobrist is a guy that he's on the cusp, I think, of rejoining the team. I think he's going to just be here for the veteran present. But there was this moment where Zobrist doubled in Almora and then Descalso, who's back in the mix, um, he uh, uh, homered in. Uh, uh, Zobra. So, so there's a lot of big names. We're going to see all these guys come back um, when the roster expands, but I think it's a right move for Bodie defensively. He has been, he's been really rough. And, and this Addison Russell thing, my, my theory on that is he needs as many reps as possible because this team is either going to punt or make a move on him and they need him to get as many reps as possible to get some views. The Iowa Cubs were in Memphis to take on the Redbirds, the Cardinals AAA affiliate. And to your point, it was probably as close to a Cubs Cardinals game as you were going yeah. to get seeing all the guys that um, are normally with the big league club. And, and that goes for the Cardinals too. I mean, Harrison Bader is in 
triple a right now for the cardinals daniel uh, ponce de leon is in triple a right now <laughs> so a lot of guys that we're accustomed to seeing at the big league level yeah. uh were facing off against each other so i suppose you could have saved a lot of money if you just yeah had you know and, uh, you know my old... watch those two teams play each other yeah yeah my whole take on this is don't get too concerned about anybody don't put the the jerseys away just yet if you know one of one of my favorite cubs bffs is is lisa patel and she loves adores her and ami love loves and adores albert almora just just and, and and he is a fantastic player but historically he has been uh, this season he's been below average in, in defensive metrics which is surprising if you dig into him and it's offensive metrics you know he needs some more reps he's not going to get those with nick up there he's not going to get those with ian happ up there so moves like this moves like david Bodie, this is the right time at the uh, at the right place at the right time to, to make these moves because they're all going to be back when the roster expands when when triple a ends Third inning now, and Q and U have gotten an A as far as I'm concerned, Chad. Absolutely. Um, all the talk about people saying that Jose Quintana was uh, not the guy that the Cubs should have traded for and they should have held on to Eloy Jimenez and all the people that uh, everybody was giving him grief for. Well, after starting out uh, amazing, having a slow middle, but, man, he has caught fire with his two last performances, 14 strikeouts in six innings against uh, their, their last game against um, the Phillies. And then he goes out and strikes out seven and seven against the pirates. And then Darvish has just been unbelievable. I'll tell you what, if Lester Hamels and Hendricks can get right, yeah. which I'm sure they will, this pitching rotation is going to be just a okay. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll start off with with Q, and you're absolutely right. He's always going to be measured against Eloy and Dylan on the south side, and it's a little bit unfair. Uh, but I I understand. Uh, um, you know, people are always excited about prospects when they see them shine elsewhere. They feel like they they got a raw deal. But get excited about what you have in in Q because he has been the real deal. He's gone four zero in six starts over over uh, thirty four innings pitched since the break. He struck out thirty four walk just six batters. I mean, that's the consistency that you want. He's also going to eat up more innings than anybody else on the staff. But you know what? You Darvish is the ace of this team since the All-Star break, period. And it's not even close. Now, he is just two and two. But if you look a little bit deeper than that, it's it's 57 strikeouts against just two walks over the past month. This guy has been historically good. I mean, he is only the second pitcher ever ever to go four consecutive starts with eight plus strikeouts and no walks. But this is a situation where he hasn't got any great run support or bullpen holds and saves. So, I mean, things are looking up very well for the pitching staff. You're right. If the others can get on, on, on the board, on, on track, um, I think this is, this is something to be very, very positive about. And, uh, and for a lot of Cubs fans who haven't been paying attention, pay attention. Q and you are, are, are the, are the aces. Fourth inning now, and uh, last week, Joe Madden was asked about his future with the Cubs. And, of course, what's he going to say? And yeah, he said exactly. that he expected his, to be back at least for at least two seasons, if not more. Well, there was a story on Bleacher Report that reportedly said the Cubs were unhappy with Joe Madden talking about his contract status. Um, Theo Epstein said that that is totally a baseless story, and there's absolutely nothing to it. Um, 
But I, I mean, listen, it's who the Cubs have certainly been tight lipped. They haven't said that they are bringing him back. They always said that it was going to be at the end of the season that they would uh, make a decision. Um, so I, I suppose you just look at it and you say nothing's changed and that there's still a strong possibility just depending on the day of how well the Cubs are doing of whether or not Joe Madden is going to be back or not. Um, do you do you, do you read into anything uh, with the Cubs front office allegedly being upset by the fact that Joe, uh, or the, rather they were upset with no, what Joe said? I don't, Ryan. And, and you know what? This is where I stand on this right now. There, there isn't any movable pieces, because Theo and Jed in the front office aren't going anywhere. They're signed in to kind of see this ride through. Here's the deal. If this team finishes and falters like they did in 2018, Joe Madden is going to be the scapegoat. He's going to be the, the one they sacrifice out to the fan base, and they're going to bring somebody else in, for, create some excitement, create some buzz around the, conven- uh, the Cubs convention. It all depends. Nothing matters right now about anything that Joe has said to the front office and said, how this team finishes off and how they look finishing off and how they perform. I'm not saying they have to win a World Series, but if they show heart and they show, they show any sort of, of just pep down the, down the road and they battle towards the very end, I think Joe has a better chance of staying on board. But if they falter like last year, see you later, Joe. Uh, two teams to keep an eye on, Chad. I mean, this is just me reporting this, so don't you know take it for whatever it's worth. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the LA Angels. Uh, those are the two teams. I'm not saying it'll happen next year, but I think if, if, and I hope this is an if, because I obviously want Joe Madden back. But if he is not retained, I see Madden sinning out a year, and then I can yeah. honestly see the Angels and the Diamondbacks as the two teams that would probably be the best um, kind of you know fit for Joe. He lives in Arizona in the offseason. I see that as like a place that he could meld with the young talent in Arizona. And he has a history with the LA Angels. Yeah. He was the interim manager, managed under, or rather coached under Mike Sosha. Um, you know, he was a part of that World Series team in 2002 where he was a bench coach with Sosha. So I, I can well, see those two teams as the teams that maybe and, make a run for it and, if and he were to leave. People don't remember this or they, they, they don't, didn't go deep, but, you know, Joe Madden, when, uh, when, when, when they were in the seventh, seventh game and they were wrap, starting to wrap it up around the rain delay, he went and got an old um, Angels hat and wore it in his back pocket for that final out to the Cubs. So you're right, his heart is with the Angels. Yep. Fifth inning now in Chad, as we mentioned before, the Cubs playing the Little League Classic against the Pirates on Sunday. I love that. I and love they it. played at uh, Bowman Field, which is the uh, A affiliate uh, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So it was a big league uh, field, uh, you know, for people that may have thought they were actually playing on a Little League field. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was regulation size. But man, what a cool experience it was. The players had such a great time interacting with the kids. Those uniforms were just so yes. sick, by the, the way. Best. I hope the Cubs can wear those again. Um, <laughs> and, and I just love this. This is the third year that the um, that Major League Baseball is, has done this. Next year, it's going to be the Red Sox and the Angels. Um, but I, I just love it. I absolutely love the, the fact that they're playing in a minor league park like this. The kids are there. There's just a great interaction. They mic up Anthony Rizzo, who probably had the best time out of everybody. Um, Chris Bryan had a blast. 
it, it just seemed great. Joe was sliding down the hill with Anthony Lizzo. <laughs> um, so much that's, fun. You know, kind of a famous thing that they do in Williamsport during the games. Just a win for baseball, Chad. It really, really was. Regardless of the Cubs playing in it or not, I just love that Major League Baseball has gotten hip to this and will continue this for a very long time. So two things. One, let's address the uniforms and just say this. The Cubs look flipping dominant in those uniforms and pretty sweet with the cubbies across the chest. I've heard some uh, grumblings. Is there a way for them to make that their their actual road unis uh, to see if maybe that would help their road well, slump? It, real quick, Anthony Rizzo <laughs> wants to wear them more. He even said he was oh, so, up during the game. So fun. He said, so is there fun. any way we can wear those oh. I, it's 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 the next jersey I'm going to buy because I'm an idiot one and B it's just the, it's one of the coolest jerseys ever. And the second piece is this, Ryan. What this tells me, and I and I don't know, is is Manfred listening to this this episode? Is he is he listening? Because we know he's he's a listener. Is he listening to this? And Rob, the problem with baseball right now is you don't have moments like this. So how do you recapture that? And you don't recapture it with thousand dollar seats behind home plate at dodger stadium or six hundred dollar seats behind home plate at wrigley field you know you're pricing the families out of the market and when you do watch these games it doesn't look like that and kids don't see themselves in the background so how do you how can you justify um you know financially you know the tv contracts get big enough where you can actually justify going to these 3500 seat stadiums like the, this minor league ballpark because we Baseball needs more kids in, in, engaged and involved and having a good time and being goofballs because that's what baseball and sports is all about. The the the, the feeling that, that Rizzo has goofing around and having a great time and the players, it was really good quality baseball. There was nothing wrong with the content. Nobody slowed down because you're in a minor league, minor league ballpark. But what it did do is people saw passion and energy and love and connection with these kids and baseball needs to figure out a way to, to harness this. I'm excited about the Field of Dreams game next year. I'm glad they're doing the Little League Classic, but baseball needs to think long and hard how they can capture this feeling again. Yep, absolutely. And more often. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that was well said. Well, speaking of which, as we move into the sixth inning, uh, the Little League polled the Little League World Series players on their favorite Major League Baseball players on Sunday, and it was announced that Javi Baez was number one ahead of Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Uh, Mookie and uh, Mike are, you know, arguably the two best players in baseball, along with Christian Yelich. But Javi was number one. I can't say I'm shocked by this only because Javi plays like a little leaguer. He's a guy (laughs) who enjoys the game so much. He's got flair. He's got pizzazz. He's a guy who just goes out and he just makes plays and makes the game look easy and makes it look fun. I love the fact that the Cubs have a guy who kids look up to because, as we've noted, there are so many athletes that kids love to you know look up to, whether it's yeah. in the NBA or the NFL or whatever it may be. And to know that Javi, who plays for the Chicago Cubs, is the guy who most Little League World Series players and granted, this is an international vote as well, so I'm yep. sure, you know, Javi got the benefit of uh, maybe some of the international flavor as well. But regardless, um, great to see that uh, Javi is the choice by these kids. Um, and it shows in his play. It really shows in his play. So really, really nice to see that. That was kind of a cool little nugget from the game on Sunday. Not surprised at all, Ryan. He, he plays with such passion and such flair. And you know what, bud? I'm going to go deep in the sacks. If you think back 
to one of our earlier podcasts when we first started this, I added as one of our innings, I challenged you and I said, who do you think is the most untradeable asset this Cubs team has? And, and, uh, and, and my answer at the time was really based upon being around the field when it was Javi Baez bobblehead day and it was looped like nothing I've ever seen blocks upon blocks of people waiting to get the hobby uh, a bobblehead he has tapped into something that Chris Bryant frankly doesn't have Anthony Rizzo doesn't have there everybody loves to watch those two people play but people pay to watch Javi Baez play and when the ball's going in the hole to him everybody stops and take notice Javi Baez is is as they said your favorite baseball player's favorite baseball player, and you're right. What an asset that he gets to play for the Chicago Cubs. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and there is one guest that Chad and I have had our eye on for well, since the beginning of us starting to do this show, uh, it took a little time. It took a little prodding. But finally, <laughs> we have been able to convince the one and only, the voice of SIU, the one and only Mike Reese, the voice of the Southern Illinois Salukis, is joining us here on the seventh inning stretch. Mike, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Thank you, Chad and Ryan. I mean, was I that much of a diva? <laughs> You know, Mike, we had was Joe I Buck that on reluctant? It. Yeah, was Joe that Buck reluctant? was easy. Yeah, Joe Buck was easier to get on this program than you. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm going to say at this point. But listen, nonetheless, we broke down those walls and we were able to finally get you on this. Program. You've always been a barrier breaker, Lieber. I try, Mike. I try to just, I try to be a connector. Yes, I really do. But uh, I'm so glad you're here with us, and I'm so glad that you're taking a few minutes to join us here on so the seventh inning stretch. It's really nice to hear your voice. Um, Mike, it's, it's interesting. I want to touch base with you about a topic that's uh, recently come up, because I think you'd be an interesting person to discuss this with. Jesse White, who's the Secretary of State for the uh, state of Illinois, recently decided that he is going to allow St. Louis Cardinals license plates to be uh, in the state of Illinois now, you know, you can customize your license plates with, let's say, the Bears or the Cubs or the White Sox, the Blackhawks. Well, now <laughs> they're going to allow the St. Louis Cardinals on Illinois license plates. Um, I'm curious because you, be it that you are in southern Illinois and you're in Carbondale and there is a large Cardinal nation, so to speak, there. Does that speak volumes, I guess, to the way that the Cardinals have kind of allowed themselves and to to kind of take over major parts of the state of Illinois. What what's your reaction to that? My reaction is the Secretary of State needs revenue and he understands that's a market that needs to be <laughs> that needs to be mined <laughs> by the state of Illinois, this bankrupt state that needs whatever kind of cash it can get. <laughs> he sees the opportunity and doesn't really give a damn if anybody is mad that it's the Cardinals in the state of Illinois. That's my that's my primary reaction, Ryan, because yes. um, he wouldn't fight any sort of um, Cubs versus Cardinals battle if there wasn't money to be made um, from it. But, um, but no, I think always from um, Interstate 70 South and to a degree Interstate 80 South, uh, the Cardinals are 
certainly, if not uh, the, the um, superior f- team with fans, then equal with the, uh, with the Cubs, with the White Sox a distant, uh, w- distant third. I would say from 70 south, it is 60-40, maybe 70-30 in favor of the Cardinals. And from 80 south, it's, it's awfully close to, to 50-50, at least in you know, my anecdotal experience. But be clear that uh, the number one reason they're doing it is the, those plates are, well, they were 100 and a quarter before, these, uh, before the current administration. So it's probably five and a quarter now. And, uh, and so there's an opportunity for cash here. But beyond that, I mean, the Cardinals, uh, I mean, given the entire time I've lived in the state of Illinois, which has been, uh, what, 40-plus years, I think the Cardinals from south of 80 have been 50-50 with the Cubs in terms of fans. Yeah, it definitely is right up there. We're talking with Mike Reese, the play-by-play announcer for Southern Illinois University. And, of course, Mike, the longtime broadcaster for the football team, the basketball team, baseball uh, obviously, um, a Hall of Famer, nonetheless. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Reese SIU if you want to follow him there. And I should note, uh, you are a Hall of Famer, Mike. You just got inducted into the Missouri Hall of Fame, a Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Right. Um, and we can talk more about that uh, shortly as well. Mike, now you grew up, I know, in, you know, for a part of your life in Cleveland, you mm-hmm. moved to Chicago when you were in high school. Right. Um, so you were exposed to the. Uh, the Cubs and the White Sox as a kid. And now that you've lived your, you know, I would say the majority of your life now in Southern Illinois, um, I'm curious what your relationship is with baseball as it relates to um, how you liked the teams when you lived in Chicago and now how you liked the teams, not necessarily now, but when, you know, you were maybe at your peak of, of loving Major League Baseball how you followed Major League Baseball or the teams that you were most interested in at that time. Glad you didn't say the peak of my athletic career. I heard that word peak. Uh, I don't think anything's changed, Ryan. I, um, I've always been primarily an American League fan. Um, I was born in Cincinnati, grew up in Cleveland, so it was Reds and Indians. Uh, in Chicago, um, having uh, been an Indians fan, and thus an American League fan in the 70s, I, I stayed and principally followed the, uh, uh, the White Sox. Uh, that didn't change when I left uh, Chicago and uh, started in school here in 74. And then with the job beginning in 78, um, I, pro- I, I primarily stayed an American League fan. I'm not as passionate about the White Sox. Distance has everything to do with that, but I still know people that work for the White Sox. My brother um, used to work for the White Sox. And so there's a, you know, there's a bit of a bit of a heart tug there. Uh, I enjoy watching the Cardinal play Cardinals play. I enjoy going to their games in St. Louis. It's a good show. And, uh, and I enjoy the sport. And uh, I think the one thing that has happened in Carbondale more than anything else is there probably, and this may have to do with age too, um, this may, I don't, I don't find myself as rabid or passionate a fan of any team, let alone the White Sox uh, or the Indians. In fact, I'm just a front runner with the Indians and the Reds right now. It's whichever team is playing better is the team I like. So, um, but I don't get all that wrapped up, especially at this point in my life in, in wins or losses. It's the entertainment and it's the people that, um, 
that give me the biggest, uh, give me the biggest kick and the biggest satisfaction. Mike, who is the best baseball player that you got to broadcast for that went to SIU and that went on to compete uh, and have a, a major league career as well? Steve Finley. Uh, it's not even, it's not even close. I, I think he's also the best all around player to play here. Some people hit uh, better than him. Uh, other players had more power. A couple of players, not many, played a better outfield than Steve did. Um, and um, some ran better. But in terms of the total package, uh, Finley, uh, Ryan, takes it. Um, and I'm not <clears> – I guess Jerry Hairston would be a distant second, uh, but it definitely would be a distant second. I would say Finley, who I believe – um, without, without looking, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I think he is the third longest after Hairston and Jim Dwyer. The, uh, those are the three players who played the longest in the big leagues and Finley is either second or third. And plus I really liked him personally. He played all four years here, should have signed after his junior year, didn't elect to come back after his senior year. Uh, and left to come back for his senior year because he didn't like the money, and then he had a worse season. And he got drafted uh, later than he did the previous year, so the gamble didn't work, but he still was in the big leagues within 18 months. And so that's impressive, too, after a, just an awesome uh, SIU career. So in terms of baseball players that I've broadcast, Steve Finley is clearly number one. We're talking with the great Mike Reese, the voice of the Southern Illinois Salukis, longtime voice. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Reese SIU, uh, giving us a few minutes here on the seventh inning stretch. Uh, Mike, you have a really uh, close relationship with John Rooney, who is the play-by-play announcer for the Cardinals. Once upon a time was the announcer for the White Sox. Um, Just curious how you uh, became friendly with John and how that friendship has kind of matured over the years. Yeah, I would say friendship. Uh, the word close, I, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I wouldn't go that far. I haven't known him that long. But I, um, Greg Sterick has worked um, with me on SIU basketball for now 36 years. And back when Greg did um, Missouri Valley Conference games on television, Rooney was one of the first uh, people that he worked with. And so uh, I met him through my uh, association with Sterick. And Rooney is still doing Missouri Valley Conference games. And so um, he gets a handful of SIU games every year. That's where the friendship, um, that's where the friendship began. He works hard at these games. And uh, um, we've seen it with several um, who will remain nameless, who when they get into their offseason, I'm talking about baseball announcers, and then they do college basketball, especially mid-major, um, they tend to look down their nose at it. And uh, Rooney does not. He preps for it. He does his work. He wants to know about players. He talks uh, to people in advance of games. I'm impressed by his workload. I'm really impressed by his play-by-play. I always have been. Uh, I'm especially impressed with it uh, this season. I think technically he's very solid. You can find the ball. You know the score and all of the basics, and uh, that sort of stuff still impresses me. But it's the Missouri Valley Conference television work and doing SIU games that, uh, you know, have brought us to the same location. 
And I know recently, I, I want to say within the last year, he brought you into the booth at Bush Stadium and he had yeah. you on the pregame show. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was fun. And I, you know, I've, I've, um, Mike Shannon does a nice job of pretending like he remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, about every year, every other year, a um, couple times in that year, uh, I'm around him. Uh, he's got quite a few friends in Southern Illinois from years ago. And so there's, um, there's time to tell stories and lies about those guys. And, um, and so he's always been very welcoming, uh, whether in St. Louis or he has a, his home now is in uh, Marion, which is uh, about 30 minutes um, from Carbondale. And, uh, and he lives on a lake just south of Marion, the Lake of Egypt. And he and his wife bought a home there. And so He's a, he's in Southern Illinois when he's not uh, when the Cardinals are on on the road. So also there's that connection. And Jim Jackson, who's been their longtime engineer, um, also is the engineer for St. Louis University's radio broadcasts. And um, I feel like he and I are good friends too. So there's a lot of contacts. And I'll see all them. Uh, by the way, when the Reds are in St. Louis in uh, in less than uh, two weeks, I enjoy that every year. And I, and I find that that uh, I think I mentioned this briefly before the important stuff is people now, Ryan, uh, I've seen enough games, uh, but I I enjoy uh, especially professional games, but I enjoy being around the people and, and it's fun and, uh, and they are welcoming as I mentioned, and, and it's good to get in there and, and listen to people who are at the highest level, talk about a lot of the same issues that we have at the collegiate level. They're just bigger and higher stakes and bigger money involved at that level and including the broadcasting. And so I, I really, really enjoy that. And, and to, you know, be around the people who are at the, at the top of the profession. We will finish with this. We, we touched on it in the beginning of the interview. Uh, you were recently inducted into the Missouri sports hall of fame. Um, such an awesome honor and, and well-deserved. Um, Thank you. I just would like you to maybe take me through uh how that felt for you, what that was like for you. And if you can, if the best you can sum it up as uh, you know, where that ranks for you in your career of uh, accomplishments. Well, look, there's a, um, there's a St. Uh, the uh, St. Louis sports hall of fame uh, has a Missouri side and it has an Illinois side and it began as exclusively um, St. Louis. And then they decided partially for economic reasons to uh, move it uh, or add people from the Metro East side. And so um, from Belleville and the uh, Metro East to, to Carbondale is about an hour and 40 minutes. And it's, it's about two hours to St. Louis. And so I mentioned the geography only because that's the most important part to me is here's a group uh, that honors uh, sports people, be it, um, athletes or be it broadcasters or be it writers or contributors to the sport and it's located two hours from my home base and they thought I was worthy of being in that exclusive club and I have a lot of respect for St. Louis media I have a lot of respect for people in St. Louis and have gotten to know many of them and so now for them to think that I'm worthy of uh, of being in their hall that was the thing that um, was the biggest gut punch to to me and it was the thing that gave me the biggest uh, thrill now my brothers got to come in I had a chance uh, Ray Fossey who's from Marion uh, Illinois uh, also went in the former Cleveland Indians catcher and when we were 
kids in Ohio. He was playing for the Indians and he was there when he, you know, we were there when not there, but we were living in Cleveland when he played for the Indians and ran into Pete Rose. He ran into Pete Rose, ran into him in the all-star game. And so to be part of that, I, I think that was really, really fun. And, and uh, there were some people from Carbondale that who made the, the trip there for the, uh, for the uh, ceremony and the dinner. And that part was, that part was great too, but that was the biggest thing. Uh, Ryan, that, that a group that's based two hours away thought I was worthy. And so um, uh, that really, that really, really stood out because somebody had to do some work and it's some to, to research that. And there were SIU guys who, who work in the Metro East media in Alton and, uh, and Belleville who, uh, who led the way. And then uh, Ron Jacober, long time with KMOX, uh, came in with uh, Steve Porter of Alton and Todd Eshman in Belleville were both uh, newspaper retire, retire, uh, writers and one of whom has retired. And, and those three kind of spearheaded the, the way and uh, they knew of my work and then uh, sold me to the other people and, uh, and there it happened. And, and that was really, really special. Well, as you said, it, it, it was well-deserved and I, I feel like uh, it couldn't have happened to a better person. So it's, it's great to know that you will be enshrined in there for forever. And I think that's, that's uh Wonderful. And it speaks volumes, as you mentioned, all the people that obviously were working behind the scenes to uh, want this for you and make it happen. So I'm glad it did. Mike Reese, the longtime voice of the Southern Illinois Salukis. He is the longtime play-by-play announcer, football, basketball, baseball. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Reese SIU. Reese, thanks, buddy, for taking a few minutes with us. So appreciate it. It's great hearing your voice and great catching up with you. Lieber, good to hear your voice, too, and your golden tones. I knew you at the start, and you're strong here in the middle, too. So it's been good to be with you and and good to hear your voice, too. Thanks, Ryan. You got it, Mike. Take care. Our thanks to Mike Reese. Always great to catch up. Legend. The legend, yes. And, of course, anytime we can have on anyone from Southern Illinois University. It's the alma mater of both Chad and myself. We always are partial to our Saluki, so it was great to catch up with uh, Reese. And, of course, we always want to hear from you, whether you went to SIU or not. You can uh, (laughs) hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter. You can find Chad at Cubs Confines. You can find me at Ryan D. Lieber. We are always interested to hear what you have to say, how we can be better, and how you would like us to even include some of the things you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, and, and you know what? Not tonight, bud, but at some point, I am going to ask you the question, but not tonight. What does that D stand for in Ryan D. Lieber? <laughs> not tonight, though. Not tonight. Okay. Of course, you can also find us on Facebook. If you go to the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page, it's a wonderful, thriving group. Um, great game updates, original writing. This is where we post the podcast. It's also a great place if you want to need some help getting Cubs tickets. We've got a lot of uh, season ticket holders that are members of the page, and, and almost every single one of them, me included. Um, face value, as always, for my uh, Facebook friends. Also, Ryan, what's your newest favorite Cubs Facebook page? What's your newest one? What, what are they called? Well, it would have to be the Elite Cubs fans page, Chad, which we are I... now the official podcast of the Elite Cubs fans page. I love the group. It's an energetic group. It's a connected group. They do game 
uh, blog blogs where you can comment and five, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people are commenting throughout the games. It's a great place to stay connected. It's a positive Cubs environment, just like this podcast is as well. It's not Homer isn't at all. It's as passionate Cubs fans and we're excited as can be to have a role on uh, that page. So thanks. And a special shout out to those guys. So let's move on to the eighth inning and Rhino. It seems like a broken record. I'm going to give you the first take. I want to give you a, uh, the final take. What in the heck is going to fix this bullpen? Yeah, Chad. I mean, that's the question that I think everybody is uh, starting to try and figure out. I mean, I think health is, I guess, at the top of the list because it seems like not a single person in that bullpen is really 100% healthy. Uh, Pedro Strope is still hurt. Craig Kimbrell is not 100%. Brandon Kinsler is just coming off the IL. He's still not 100%. Um, I mean, Steve Ciszek, who is one of the most consistent pitchers also in the bullpen, he also is having some issues. It just seems like there is no answer because the bullpen, which blew two huge games on the road trip, uh, nearly broke me. The one against Philadelphia when Bryce Harper hit the grand slam. It, It was just maddening. It was absolutely maddening because as long as this bullpen is not effective, Chad, this team is not going to be effective. So um, I can't really tell you what it's going to be other than they need to get healthy. Uh, And once they are getting healthy, then maybe there's an opportunity for them to be effective. So this is interesting. I dug into this a little bit over the last week and you know what? Remember how every now and then I say, guys, baseball has changed a little bit. You know, I've said that from time to time, Ryan, whether it's the ball or just the the approach with the, the pitchers and how many times through the order, baseball's changed a little bit and and what's really interesting it's not just the cubs teams have converted just 63 percent of their save opportunities this year that is the lowest conversion rate since 1974 so something's in the air um the problem with this is you know the cubs they're actually above average at home they've converted 21 of 33 chances at home that's 63.6 percent but and that's a little bit over uh, the major league average. The problem is they're 10 for 21, and that's a 46, uh, 47% percent, uh, conversion rate on the road. So that in itself is, is, uh, is, is, is interesting and eye-opening. I don't want to make of that. I'm still digging into the numbers. But six teams have converted 70% or more of their save opportunities. Guess who is leading the charge? The St. Louis Cardinals, 79% yes. of their, their saves. So you want to know why a team that doesn't really look great on paper offensively and doesn't look like they have all the tools. Well, guess what? They've got a bullpen that knows what they're doing. And so that 79% against the Cubs overall 57%, that is the difference. And that is why they are right there, one and one, you know, uh, right at the top of the division. Well, I, I mean, I can shed some light on this. I think there's an easy answer to why that we're seeing a decrease in the percentages of saves, Chad. And that's because the bullpens of all these teams are being taxed very heavily because uh-huh. starting pitchers are not able to throw more than 100 pitches anymore. They can't go more than five, six, seven innings tops. We don't see the complete game anymore. It's almost a rare entity. I mean, perfect example, the Cardinals had a no-hitter going on Monday night with Dakota Hudson against Milwaukee, and they pull him after six and two-third innings because he had already thrown 111 pitches. I agree. I agree. And you know what? The the pitch limits and the counts – 
those aren't a relatively new thing. Those have happened over the – I mean, those are talked about in Mark, Mark Pryor's day about, you know, how Dusty overused him. I think the ball has a lot to do with this. I think, you know, long flyouts aren't happening anymore. Those balls are going out. You know, Harper's was going to go out no matter what ball was thrown to him. A, a bowling ball could have been thrown to Bryce Harper uh, uh, by, uh, by Holland uh, on that night. But it is interesting. Baseball is changing, and I think we as a fan base have got to get used to what could be a new normal. I am hoping that baseball takes note of the fact that these bullpens are being overused and we start to see starting pitchers pitch more complete games and more innings. I miss the days. <laughs> Somebody asked me today, what are, you, what are you most annoyed about with baseball? And I've talked to you about this before, but for me, it's easy. It's the fact that we don't see guys pitching more than 200 innings a year, whereas back in the day, yeah. 275 maybe 300 was something that we could see back in the day, but because the money is what it is, we're seeing these guys making more money than ever before. These teams do not want to risk injury to these pitchers. And I understand that. And that's why we're not seeing these starting pitchers go for long periods of time, but something's got to give something has to give at some point, because I don't like the way that it's going when it comes to the way that pitchers are are throwing the ball. I completely agree. And let's move on to the ninth inning and let's look ahead. Do we have optimism as we look ahead? Because because the the good thing, Ryan, is the sirens and Peyton is howling in the background. This is the crescendo of the show. (laughs) I was hoping for here where I live, where the, I don't know if you can hear all that in the background, but it's awesome. In the ninth inning, we are going to talk about the week ahead. And here's the beautiful thing, Ryan. They're at home. Do you have hope against the Giants and the Nats? Because these are two teams that are fighting for their playoff life. The Cubs do not have a cakewalk. And I don't think many teams really in the National League have a big cakewalk. What's your hopes for the upcoming week ahead? Well, they need to at least try to sweep one of these series if they can. I mean, I know that's asking a lot, but... Uh, two or three, obviously, will be good, too. But yeah, if they I'd can be happy sweep the Giants um, and try to take two or three from the Nats, that would be amazing. Uh, obviously, the Washington Nationals are arguably the hottest team in baseball right now. Um, Davey Martinez, man. I mean, right now, if I, had to pick an, job. Yeah, if I had to pick an NL manager of the year, yeah. uh, Davey Martinez is getting my vote, especially after everything that he had dealt with in the <laughs> beginning of the year. They were talking about him getting fired. He was on the chopping block. Absolutely. Yeah. So so my hope is that we can at least take uh, five or six in the, yeah. in this coming week. I like to say if you could win two out of every three, that's going to be good baseball, and that's going to make you – that's going to take you at the top of the division. That's going to take you all the way to the promised land, conceivably, if you do that throughout the rest of the year. The problem with the Giants is they screwed up. They were supposed to be sellers, and they just kept hanging around. And so now they've got a sense of pride, and they didn't get rid of anybody, and they got rid of some smaller pieces. But, you know, this is a, this is a tough week, and the Cubs have an incredibly tough week ahead. We are a ways – away from Labor Day, and Labor Day is the first time you look at our schedule and say that should be a win against Seattle, a two-game set. So these Cubbies have got to find their 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 stride. Um, we're down to like the last five, six weeks of this season, and as I've always said, get healthy, which they're getting to be healthy, get hot, and get on some sort of run, Then we've not seen this team get on one yet. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines, of course. As always, our thanks to Mike Reese, who took the time to talk to us, the play-by-play announcer of Southern Illinois University. For Chad, I am Ryan. Let's see how the Cubs play it out this week. 
We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark, everyone. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk into Wrigley